On this bonus episode of the podcast, we discuss who we think our Premier League Player of the Season is. And we also discuss Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo as the two greatest players of all time draw to the end of their amazing careers. We discuss our favourite memories of both players. So sit back, relax, crack open a cold one and welcome to Four Manx, One Toffee, Extra Time. Dale's back with us again after freezing for half an hour. <laughs> Dale, I did you do you just get your fucking mobile phone out of a time capsule or something? Like, what's going on over there, mate? It's when I get off when I come off the screen. I replying to a message or something. It's just yeah. He's rubbing two sticks together to get fucking internet. What's going on, mate? Yeah. Is Amster's Am- tired? Yeah. yeah. I'm back on that dial-up <laughs> stuff, and that's all it is. <laughs> Lads, I heard an interesting debate the other day, <clears throat> and I want to know what your thoughts on this are, because a lot of people think that the player of the season, this season, should be from Liverpool, because Liverpool have done so well. But, obviously, the standout player this season, for a lot of people, has been Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. yeah. No. So, on that note, who, sh- who is the player of the year? Well, Josh seems to be completely I- in disagreement, so go on. <laughs> you know, from what I've seen of him recently, I think he's been absolute horseshit after lockdown. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've honestly been massively disappointed. I think he blows hot and cold all the time. To be honest, I just think he's so inconsistent. He's capable of being one of the top three players in, inclusive of Messi and Ronaldo, in my opinion. I do think he. Wait, are we talking? Are we still talking about KDB? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, easily been the best player in the league. No, I would no. I would say he's the best player in the world at the moment. No, not at all. Not for me. Not what I've seen. Ooh. I'm I'm not being funny, right? I'm, I'm and this pains me to say it, but I do have to be in camp. Um, pro Liverpool. It has to be a Liverpool player for me. They've I'm absolutely with, I'm dominated. With you. They've I'm absolutely with you. dominated. Probably I'm, it's probably Henderson for me. I'm I'm in camp Henderson as well. Yeah. I, I think we we said this. Uh, I don't know if it was the last podcast or the one before. You take you took Henderson out of that team, and that's where they started struggling. They yeah. don't look the same without him. He well, makes them lost him again. Yeah, yeah but I mean, thankfully, the season's done for him. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it's not as big a miss. They've got no Europe anymore, and Leggy. Um, they've got they've got nothing to worry about anymore. They've won the title. Well, yeah, they're going to the, the current. Point. They're the current Champions League. Or? No, they're not. No, they're no. out. I just think he he's taken the mantle that Gerard once had. Yeah. And he's he's arguably he's gone above and beyond. How do you think Gerard he's, he's brought, feels? He's brought the uh, mate, how do you I think, think Gerard feels time. that Luke Chadwick, who follows the podcast Twitter by the way, he so, did, so, yeah. so should you big shout uh, Luke, Luke Chadwick. Chadwick. Has a Premier League title. Gerard doesn't. <laughs> how, how, how mad do you think like, Gerard feels that or literally three, four seasons, whenever it was that he retired, after he's retired, Liverpool have achieved what he was desperate to aspire to. And if yeah, he was that fine. desperate to go to Chelsea. Oh. Oh, you said what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Loyalty gets you fuck all in football now. Listen, 
That, it doesn't, that you're right. Champions League in 2005 arguably cost Gerard a Premier League title because he was verge of joining yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. And then it's the list that he joined. Yeah. Oh, he was on the verge, like Mourinho. Mourinho had the contract in hand. That's what the, that's not the story. An awful lot of death threats from Liverpool underworld. Yeah. Oh, he definitely Which does my head in. in his bed. Could you yeah. imagine Gerard and Lampard together in that midfield? Yeah, sure? I can. Yeah. It's called I've England, where we yeah. failed right. everywhere. I'm sorry. It. I had a precursor <laughs> to that, and they were good. <laughs> they would have got to the fucking. They would have got to the fucking quarterfinals of the Premier League every fucking season and lost. <laughs> <laughs> they would have done really well, and they would have forced Paul, Paul Scholes onto left wing. Oh. Yeah. Where where he just still not been able to tackle. For me, you're gone. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, well, two points with, with the England situation: Scholes, Gerrard, Lampard. Play him in the three, like. But, but we that didn't was have the problem. We were so against four three three. Yeah. But I understand why because who did we have left and right wing? Oh, well. Beckham with no pace. Joe Cole, who never was fit. No. Like we never the, our biggest problem now we can play it. Now we've got the Sancho, Sterling, Rashford, yeah. Greenwood, Foden, and then Kane as a linchpin. We can play four three three. It's easy. But back then we'd end up playing Owen Argreaves at left midfield. Yeah. See that. Which we did in 2006, and he was our best player of the tournament. But <laughs> yeah, oh man, that tournament—he <laughs> run himself ragged that tournament. He was I loved brilliant, wasn't it? What yeah. introduction to the world that was? He came to us a season after, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is he right, season after though? Season after that, but he, he, he was, was used as a guinea pig. He was classy. Like, do you remember that free kick he scored against Arsenal? Oh, just Big dropped ball. it. Dropped it in. Lovely. Um, boys, boys, can we go back to the player of the season because yeah. we started talking about substandard footballers now. <laughs> <Let's go back. laughs> so for me, I I am in camp Kevin De Bruyne, and I'm I'm not being biased. I think that Jordan Henderson's been absolutely immense for Liverpool. How are you how are you being biased? Kevin De Bruyne plays for City. Yeah, Gary yeah. Neville said it once. It's like choosing between your mate shagging your mummy, your sister. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that. I'm, well, I always, I will always hate Liverpool more than City, but still, um, I'm always camp De Bruyne. I think because, I mean, I think he's a fantastic player. He he has been. I I think personally, he's been class since the lockdown. Like he. I agree he with you. He just controls yeah. games and he, he puts passes. That pass he put in the other day, even when he was playing against Liverpool. And he was didn't control them against Southampton. <laughs> so, no, he didn't start against Southampton. <laughs> yeah, he didn't start. He didn't start against Southampton. The team and none of them gonna... finished against Southampton well, either, and that's yeah. the point. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But they were a different animal when he came on. But this mm. year, Kevin De Bruyne has 11 goals, 18 assists. Now, he says that he's not been credited with two assists that he sh- thinks he should have been. So, as it stands, he, th- he thinks that he should be equal with Thierry Henry's record of 20 assists in a season. However, He, he is he, just only bitter credited. that he's lost the Bundesliga record because yeah. my man Thomas Muller has fucking broke it. Well done. <laughs> but I think that Jordan Henderson, so as you were saying... 
stats don't always make a player and stats don't always tell the full story. I mean, four goals and five assists all season surely don't tell the story of uh, Jordan Henderson. And it's he's not that sort of player, though, is it? He's not that sort of player. I mean, neither was Iniesta or Xavi. So, I, I look at them. Um, so, I think that, however, at the end of the day, when it all boils down to it, you play football to score and assist, in my opinion. No, see, no. So, no. I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that that's the be-all and end-all. I'm just saying that when it boils down to comparing them on pure stats, De Bruyne, for me, is the better player. I yeah I don't as a as a fullback go out to score an assist. Hmm. No, sorry, not in defensive roles. But so then it's it's hard, isn't it though? Because then you look at someone like Van Dyke, who he's been immense again. Yeah. And we 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 all said this. I think every fan has said this. Where we don't want to compare him to Ferdinand and Vidic and Terry yet because he's only done it for one season. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's done it for two seasons. Yeah. And he'll probably do it for a third season mm-hmm. and a fourth. At, at what point do we we put him up there? Well, what, he won't make it to four because he'll end up at Barca. Well, so. but that's the thing with how good <laughs> Henderson and De Bruyne have been that none of us are considering Van Dijk. No. That's well, how good De Bruyne well, and Henderson have yeah. been. I, I would have thrown him in there. Yeah, Van, Van Dijk's um, got, to be in, he's got to be in the conversation. I just thought, he's where, where did he come in the Ballon d'Or? Second or third? Second. Second, yeah. Second in the Ballon d'Or, he's not even got to mention, you know. Yeah. As much as, as much as I thought Kevin De Bruyne has been, you know, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne has been absolutely outstanding um, for City this season, last season, for the God knows how many seasons. Um, Jordan Henderson, to be honest, I'm not his biggest fan anyway. But Van Dijk, I just can't. I, yeah, he's, he's got to be. In, he's got to be mentioned. He's just he an absolute rock at the right. back. Can I he's... throw a curveball in there? Like, mm-hmm. Wait, if so... he wins, if this player wins the July Player of the Month, which <laughs> let's face it, with the start of the month that he's had, he's I know you got. I know where you go. I know where you're going with this immediately. He's no. won May. No. no, he's won June. No. no. You're telling me Bruno's not in with a fucking shout. No, and I know I'm biased, but have you... I can't remember the last time a player made such a fucking monumental difference to our side plays from bad to good. I, just I can. can't remember I can. I was going to say was, can. let's Build have a think about who the yeah. player of the year is minus Henderson and De Bruyne. Uh, then I'm, for me it's Van Dyke. Then for me it's Van Dyke. Yeah. Because the the big the big arguments are all around Van uh, Henderson versus De Bruyne. Yes, you could say Van Dyke. Um but I think that it so for me I don't know if this is the wrong way to think about it, but I kind of feel like if I'm choosing a player of the year, it will never come from the team that won the league because Otherwise, and this might sound completely stupid, but otherwise, the player of the season is always going to be picked from the team that's won the league, which is kind of, for me, too obvious. And you kind of feel like, well, is it, it, it do they have the best player of the year or have they just had the best team that year? So the year that Leicester won it, what, who was Mahrez won it. That year? Mahrez. 
right, okay, fair yeah. enough. And he was phenomenal. It could have been him or Vardy. But this is the thing: they, you don't you don't win the league without having the best players. It's a counter yeah. argument. You don't you don't win the league without having the player of the year. Like, yeah, true. There is there is a correlation, and I agree with you that it is a team effort in what yeah. you're saying. And they might not have the problem is it's as an individual who is the best individual, but football is an individual game. No. And on the that same is note, the biggest problem. On the same note, if you stick and that by the way, I, I threw the Bruno one in there as like a I think he has got to be at least considered an outsider. I think Van Dyke's my player of the season. Van Dyke's my player of the season all day. I just think he's a he's a, a staple and a linchpin of that Liverpool side. If you yeah. throw Van Dyke into Norwich's team, he's still the same player, but he plays for Norwich now. That's the Norwich thing. Stay I don't up. think Henderson Norwich stay up. the same job for. Do you get team. what I'm saying? Like, do do they stay up though? Does he look as good in that team? Like, how much of it is a team effort, and how much of it is the individual? Well, you got to remember when he was at Southampton. Southampton were a 13th, 14th place team. Yeah, and he and he still stood out. It's like it's like Henderson at Sunderland. Sunderland were dog shit. Yeah, but they saw something to pay twenty million. I think it was for him. Mm-hmm. I think even Fergie was saying he was worth that kind of money. And bearing in mind in 2013, 20 million, it got you a decent player. Twenty million now gets you nothing, unless you get say maximum. Yeah, Thierry Henry went to Barcelona for sixteen million, lads. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Like the the perception of money has changed. But I I think you put Henderson in I think Henderson walks into any team in the Premier League. No. I'm from United. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well he's just like, nah. (laughs) Who does he replace? United is a weird one because we've got our two going forward midfielders. But I would I put him over Matic? No, Probably. No, I wouldn't. He doesn't do the same job as Matic. I wouldn't put him H- in the top for Bruno, but I'd put No, him that's what I mean. You, the only one you can look at is Matic. Yeah. But which is a shame. The thing is Henderson Henderson suits that Liverpool team perfectly. He's the perfect yeah. player for the perfect position for the perfect he role. Is. And I, yeah, this is 100%. why I don't think he would do the same thing in a different team. If you put or a different City, league. Or a different league. If you put him at City, no, no chance. Who's he? Who's he going in ahead of there? But De Bruyne, if he did what does what he has done this season for anyone else, he'd it's be hard there. to compare though, isn't it? Because they both play completely different systems. You've got Liverpool's four three three versus City's four two three one. Yeah, well, four two three one one four nil. So that's the better system. It's very true. Unfortunately, boys, 4-3-3 won the league. Yeah. You know what's interesting as well? Sorry, I, I mean, I have actually got the stats up here. Mohamed Salah, 19 goals, 9 assists, not even had a mention. That's only, if you combine the two, that's only one below Kevin De Bruyne. But he went on to win the league and a 23 points clear. He's their top goal scorer this year. Well, this is, is, Salah's, season, Salah. is Salah's season this season better than last? No. no. Well, this is the thing, so, I think, because we're used to Salah being... And it's the same with, like, Messi and Ronaldo. I was about to say, I was about to say Messi. Messi yeah. and Ronaldo did not win that Ballon d'Or when Modric won it because they're going against themselves on a curve. Yeah. Messi and Ronaldo were still the best players in the world. 
but they were going against their previous selves. And yeah. that's why Modric won it. Yeah. Lads, Messi is 33 and Ronaldo is 35. It's coming to an end. Oh, don't. It's don't. genuinely upsetting. Like It's coming it, to an end. Do you know what? It is upsetting, but it is the best feeling ever that we have lived through this generation of... Uh, I, I will say, no one's going to disagree. Davis. The two <laughs> the two best... What, fuck Pele, fuck Maradona. Yeah, completely agree. They are the two best. Yeah. I, I can't speak for Messi. I know like a few of you have gone to see Messi, obviously, in the new camp, which must have been an incredible experience. Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember the first time I saw Ronaldo for United and... It was a cup game against Middlesbrough. It was a Carling Cup game against Middlesbrough. We won 3-1. Do you remember oh, Rodrigo Possibon? Oh, remember Rodrigo Possibon? He had so much potential, <laughs> yeah. man. What a baller he was. And he, he got absolutely crumpled that game. I'm pretty sure he broke yeah. his leg or something. He did. He broke his leg and it ruined his career. Yeah. And Ryan, Ryan Gick scored that fucking great little lofty goal at the end. But mm. Ronaldo scored a header in that game. And you should have seen the height that he got to to score this fucking header. And he came, I was right at the fucking front, right at the front, literally, like, fucking me sat here two centimetres away from the pitch, and he came and celebrated right in front of me. And I've never, I've been to see United plenty of times. Not as much, not as me, I'm telling you. Not as as much as people who've got season tickets and stuff like that. I wish I could go and see United more. I don't live near Manchester anymore. It's a lot of fucking money. I another story. Hmm. But... I've seen United plenty of times. I've never seen a player like that who made... He gave me goosebumps. Like, my hair was stood on end. You were just in... You were watching brilliant. You were watching genius. Yeah. I was there for his debut, mate. Me, me and my dad, you, we were one of the lucky ones that did have a season ticket around that time against Bolton. Yeah, Bolton. He come, yeah. And, and he come on and... I didn't know anything about him because back in 2003... We don't have that access to internet like we have now. There's no Twitter. There was no Instagram. There was no videos popping around with him. Now, if a, if a youngster comes up, how many players do you think have never watched Barcelona play, but they know who Ansu Fati is? Yeah. Yeah. All so, he, this kid comes on, who all I know is we've played against him in pre-season and he can do a few step-overs. And he comes on and he absolutely rips the fuck out of every Bolton player on that pitch. And I'm there like, oh, this is this is something we've never seen before like he was he was at united we were so lucky to have five six years of and constant improvement as well like every single season was he's brilliant he's better he, he's the best he's gone above holy shit he scored 42 goals like and then you've got messi on the other side who Every yeah. time one does one thing, the other does the next, and they just one up each other. It it's ridiculous what the time, especially when you look at the talent now. No one's going to touch them for years. No, no, I don't think so. No. Can I just say a quick thing about the, the the two of them as well? You know how in your career, if you surround yourself with the best, you're more than likely going to improve and and get to their level. And, you know, that's, that's sort of how it works. If you surround yourself with, with better calibre of people or people that are excellent in their field, that's how you improve at things. Yeah. Would Messi or would Ronaldo have become as good as they are without the other one pushing them? 
Or did no. they need each other to hit these no. levels? I, I think they push each other. I really do. Yeah. I don't think they'd have become anywhere near as good as... Well, they're obviously both world-class. I think they'd have always have been world-class, but I don't think we'd have seen the consistency that we've seen off them both yeah. for, the, for the, long, the amount of time that we've had them for. And, you know, I, I, I do understand that it's probably going to come to an end, especially with Ronaldo being 35. Don't get me wrong, he's still at the top of, he's still at the, top of the game, still one of the best players. You know, Juventus, he's absolutely tearing it up. Who can go from, and I know Messi hasn't done this, and this is always an argument against me, but, you know, jumping, going to United, doing it there, going to Real Madrid and absolutely doing it there. That's, for me, where he's where he's smashed it. Yeah. And then going to Juve and then delivering again. I mean, I personally don't think the Italian league is, is a great league these days. It's not patched on what it was in the 90s. No. Uh, but it's, you know, Juventus is still a world-class side. So... You He's know, still doing it in I mean, Europe as well. Like they're still doing it. Yeah, in I, mean, I mean that's probably. I, I would have probably gone along the similar lines that Josh has just got in there. Is um, you know, there's probably no right or wrong answer with that, but you know, you've got one player that's been at a club for how many years, and he's he's what is that all-time leading goalscorer at Barcelona, whatever it is, and you've got another player there which is who's done it in multiple leagues over Europe. I mean, like I said, there's no right and wrong answer, but you know, you've got to, you've just got to outstanding players for me <clears throat> I feel like I attribute Lionel Messi as being the reason why I liked football in the first place and why I got into football I don't because think you're alone mate either I think this, I think you're him and Ronaldo have brought so many non-fans into the game it's art like yeah. what, what yeah. they do is art well I I was when I growing up I was always Rugby, rugby is my thing because I played rugby uh, through high school and that. Got to college, I was about sixteen, seventeen. Started working at the pub with Josh, where I met Josh, and that's where we were. Um, and it's funny this that I say this now, considering that um, what's his fella on Talksport, the Scottish guy on Talksport and Sky, um, Alan McCoist. No, uh, white hair fella. Tra- transfer deadline day all the way. Oh, Jim White. Oh, Jim White. Jim White. He's he's said this week it's okay to change your allegiances in your team. And oh, oh underlying. That's another. That's another talk for another fucking, day. Like, let me just fucking get this out for five seconds. Change your fucking team. Hey, Jim White, retire because you know <laughs> fuck all. I would rather fuck cheat off. on my missus and change from United. No, never. Well, what I'm going to say when I was um, <laughs> when I was a kid, um, and I didn't really like football and that. I was like a rugby player and stuff. For me, it was just what my dad supported, so I'd just watch Newcastle. And I, but I wasn't asked really. And then when I met mm-hmm. Josh and we started like watching TV and stuff, or oh, Alan Shearer, I've still got I've still got that fucking picture of him in my wallet, Alan Shearer. Um, for all the listeners, I don't have a picture of Alan Shearer in my wallet. It's one of those old match attacks cards, and it's one of my prized possessions. No, he's taking, a, he's taking a picture of Alan Shearer when he wasn't <laughs> expecting it. He was sat no. at a restaurant, hey, and he's got a picture. <laughs> What's that post in background? Hey, Lee, get your restraining order out. Let's be so anyway. what it is. You have a picture of another grown man in your wallet. <laughs> So at that time, like we uh, we started loving Barca, uh, just be- and and it was purely because 
of Lionel Messi when I was about 16, 17. And it was only when I first started actually liking football. So for me, who, who else than the player who literally lights up stadiums and, and other fucking teams and they do these incredible runs and stuff. And it, I'll never forget the time where we watched the um, Champions League final against Barcelona, uh, Barcelona, sorry, against United. And Messi, Pedro, Villa scored the three, Rooney scored the one. And uh, me and Josh drank two two litre bottles of cider, crumpton oak cider each. And then ventured <laughs> down the alley. At the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, down the local pub. We're both there thinking we're hard. But at the same time, like then we, we went, didn't we? It was my 21st. Josh's, was it my 21st? Yeah, Josh's 23rd. Um, and, we, and Danny came with us. We went to Barcelona. Gang, gang. Watch, um, Barcelona against Seville. And I don't think if we tried harder we could have picked a better game to visit. So, so I'm like this with my Barcelona experiences. I've been twice to watch a Barcelona game. Yeah. The first game was when they won the league a couple of years ago. It was Tito Villanova's last game as manager, oh, just man. before he sadly passed away as manager, as for his cancer. Um, and Abidal's last game as well. I know he's your favourite Barcelona oh, player yeah. ever. I had him on a shirt. So that, that, I never thought I'd top that moment. Seeing that celebration... And looking back on it now, what ended up being such an emotional moment of Villanova passing away yeah. and Abidal just moving on and recovering from his cancer, which is just phenomenal. And then we saw what we saw a couple of years later. Unbelievable. So I, I've still got a video on my phone. And Lionel Messi scores a free kick in front of us in the end we're in. And we just thought, wow, that was incredible. I mean, you can hear from the fucking video, I go mental. But in the end, Messi scores a hat-trick. Barcelona win 5-1 against Seville. But not only that, Lionel Messi becomes the leading goal scorer ever in La Liga. And the, the team hoist him and throw him up in the air. And there's well wishes on the, the screens around the stadium from other players in the league, from ex-pros. And the, the biggest memory I've ever got from that was when uh, Joseph Maria Bartomeu, the all-fucking-powerful, hated president of the club, comes up on screen and the booze around the stadium was crazy. And at the time, we didn't truly understand the, the yeah. an, animosity towards him because obviously we were just English lads in Barcelona on holiday, but... At the same, when we heard that, it was it was mental. But what a game for us to have been at to watch! It was one of Suarez's first games for Barca after his twelve game ban after biting Chiellini at the World Cup. Um, but yeah, what what an incredible experience! And I just don't think we'll ever see anything like those two players ever again. And what a privilege it has been to watch the two of them do what they do, win everything that they've won. And just be generally incredible. So we're going to leave on a cliffhanger. Who's better? No. no. Good night, everybody. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Four Manx One Toffee and supporting the podcast. Please follow us on social media at Four Manx One Toffee. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And please help us by subscribing to our podcast on whichever podcast station you listen to, whether it be Spotify, Anchor, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you may listen. Until next time, take care.